0: This podcast was created as a part of Podcast Lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify.
1: Writing has helped me in a number of ways, but the single most important benefit of writing has been its effect on my thought process. As I write, I'm able to think better and vice versa. Simple writing is often the result of deep thought and I've seen the benefit of a more structured thought process, which I credit to writing, both at work and outside. The journey of transferring thoughts into words in a way that it does does the most justice to the truth of your thoughts is a hard and rewarding process. There's always going to be a difference between our raw thoughts and the actual articulation. Another reason behind why I write is to build a habit of consistency. I believe that little things done regularly add up to have a compounded effect in the long term. Showing up twice a week with an intention to say something hasn't always been effortless for me. I can recall multiple instances where I've stared at my blank screen for a long time before I could write down a sensible sentence even. Sometimes I've delayed writing to later only to say something that seemed extremely preachy in hindsight. What I've come to realize is that the force of resistance is always going to be there Consistency helps you fight the resistance uh, better, but never fully eliminate it.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Closet Writer Chronicles. I'm your host, Sangeeta, aka the Moody Marshmallow. You just heard our guest for today, Ashwin Chabriya. Ashwin currently works at Microsoft Canada and he's previously worked with organizations like Goldman Sachs, Deloitte and McKinsey & Company. He's also been an entrepreneur. Ashwin's also a blogger and podcaster, having produced and hosted podcasts like News on the Go and In Conversation with Ashwin. In today's episode, we talk about his journey with reading, writing and podcasting with some really great recommendations thrown in. And we just have a really wholesome conversation about life and what it's taught him. Hey, Ashwin, welcome to the Closet Writer Chronicles. It's so good to have you on the show.
1: I'm excited to be here, Sangeeta. Uh, Thanks for having me.
0: So I think just kind of diving right in. um, I was going through your blog recently and there were, I think, about 78 web pages of content And I believe you've been writing since 2015 or so. And I was just doing this very rough calculation and I realized you must have written over 500 pieces considering you write twice a week. And since you've been doing it since 2015, that's a crazy amount of content to be putting out. So, you know... I think my first question is, you know, how did this journey start? How did you get into blogging and what have these past couple of years been like with writing and blogging?
1: Wow, that's uh, that's a heavily packed, loaded question. I love it. There's so many bits to it, right? So um, I think the first thing about blogging is uh, it's it's a commitment that I made that I will write two days a week despite whatever happens. And then I'll tell you the reason that that came into place itself, right? But but once, once I make made that decision, I, I feel like then it's just about acting on it. So the resistance to that extent is reduced. So a lot of people uh, go ahead and go with the flow with some things. Uh, I'm not so much of going with the flow. I used to be a lot of going with the flow person, but I felt like there's a good benefit in putting systems in place that help you show up, right? And to that extent, you're not exerting that muscle more than necessary. So once I've made that decision of writing two days a week, that's not negotiable and then you somehow put something out. Um, it's it's letting off yourself the hook that allows you that excuse to not show up, right? So, I mean, that's something that I've built up over time. It, it hasn't come easy and I feel like I'm just starting to realize the the reality of that statement. I used to speak that statement a couple of years ago, but I feel like I'm feeling the benefits of it now. And that's when they say right discipline is a long game. Like, I I, I really think so because uh, for the first couple of years that I started on this journey, I really didn't see as much immediate uh, uh, rewards, but then the rewards started trickling up and um, you know, and then then they compound. And, and I, a part of blogging is also compounding. And, and to draw back to my story and what got me into writing and reading itself is, uh, in fact, writing started just, just about the same time I started reading. Uh, in fact, I started reading in 2013, 2014. Um, so it's been seven to eight years of reading. Um, but it's as a kid, I never read. I I was I was always on the streets playing football, cricket with my neighbors. My mom would pull me by the collar. Where's your homework, right? Uh, so I'm like, oh yeah, I need to show up with a lot of homework. So we'll sit the night through and and finish homework. And she'd be like, you're you're a terrible kid. So I would give her that day in and day out. So and then I got to a point where I started focusing too much on studies. So. And then i became like a nerd for a couple of years and, and then i went back to being playful but the books never figured in the in the region yeah. um and then i went to this workshop a friend of mine uh he's a mentor slash friend and he uh spoke about some myths that he busted through his reading sessions and he he was very um it was it was one of the Early ins into reading for me. Um, a lot of people used to tell me, "Read, read, read," and uh, I used to find it boring advice. But at this workshop, uh, you know, he really broke it down and and said it's it's a great way to digest learnings of people who spent, you know, years together learning something that's already out there. Right. And so self development was the key motivation because a lot of things in my life weren't in place at that time, and this workshop kind of. Uh, it didn't happen at that time, it happened a year before, but I, I I just thought back at one of those moments in these three months of figuring my life out, um, that, hey, someone told me reading's gonna help, and uh, right now I need help, uh, right? So it was it was basically, I didn't know what, what to do, and so I just took to books. And for me, that's why books are so much more than just pages, uh, and they just uh, feel like the solution to most things. Uh, and if there is a problem, there is a book about it. and I really believe in that. Uh, so you know feeding your own curiosity is, is a journey that is probably endless if, if you are curious about things and thankful for me, I have too many questions. So I'm always trying to find out something more and I don't know what that will lead into with no intention. It's just with the intention to to get that get that uh, curiosity fed if I may. So anyway, long story short. I started writing and reading because of the intent to be better in life, to do right. better, to make to make something happen. Uh, so it's very self-development focused. When I was reading, I, I wanted to share something with people or I, I don't know, whatever the intention was. I and mean, we, we chat more about it, but uh, I think I'm rambling. So uh, what it's was fine. your question again? Uh, <laughs>
0: It's fine. You gave me quite a bit in that one answer, which I think I will like. No, no. So my question was, um, how did you start blogging, and what has the journey been like since you've been doing it for five years?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I told you most of the growth story, right? Like how it's how it's uh, you know, it started from once, a, once a month. I used to write a piece once a month, okay. and then it became um, it became once in two weeks. Okay, and then. It became once in a week and then it became twice a week. So wow. okay. I think for the first year was once in a month. Okay. For the second year was once in two weeks. Uh, and then, and I think from the third year it became, and for the last one, one and a half years I've been writing twice a week. So uh, that's why the, the it, it just didn't start twice a week. Right? I had to gradually right. step into it. And that's another thing that with habits, when you pick them up, don't go, don't front load the efforts, right? Just yeah. start easy, start slow. Um, yeah. So that's, that's mostly how the growth has been. And, and in terms of how it actually started, right. Um, um, I feel like it was this YouTube talk okay. that I was watching of Cal Newport. He's a blogger. He's a super cool guy. He's off the grid. He's, okay. uh, you can link him in the show notes. Uh, he's not on any kind of social media, but he writes a really nice blog. Um, it's just called Uh And he he's written this book called deep work. And I was watching his summary of uh, the book itself, and I got to, I got very into... No, actually, it was so good, they can't ignore you. So it was his first book, and okay. I was like, I don't know what to write about. And so I started watching these YouTube videos and started summarizing those YouTube videos in text, uh, because I, I felt like that's a great way to digest what you've learned, right. because writing is a great way to understand. And it also was giving me a topic to write on, because I didn't know what to write about. Mm. So... It started with that. It started with just the pure intention of building this as a habit. Because uh, back to the workshop where you know reading uh, Rohan, this uh, shout out to Rohan if he's listening. So he's the guy who held the workshop, and uh, and he uh, essentially said, read thirty minutes a day.
0: Okay. Right? Don't
1: uh, don't do more than that because or don't do less than that. It's enough commitment to show that you care, but not too much that you're gonna be unsustainable with it. Uh, so yeah, I'll start with that, and then the the reading and writing bit were, was complimentary and and the writing bit happened um, with just the intention to build something as a habit just do something every month and sh- and try to build it build it up and see your growth so now when I look back at what I wrote four years ago I laugh at myself but yeah. it's a good sign right because you feel like you've evolved uh, sometimes you haven't and then you're like yo what do you, what have you been up to
0: yeah <laughs> so. no for sure I, I completely resonate with that because even I mean, I've only been writing seriously for about a year now. And even just in this one year of me writing, I can look back at pieces I've written, say, about a year ago, and I can see the growth. I can see the difference. And I i am literally cringing at pieces I have written, even if it's not been such a long time period, because... And even though I'm cringing, I'm also thinking that, oh, I, I guess this is a good sign because it means I have learned and I have grown and hopefully I'm improving and becoming better. So hats off to you for cultivating this habit. And No,
1: 100%. I, I think I have to I have to pause and say that you've actually inspired me in this department as well because you share a lot of content uh, yourself with your poetry and uh, with your writings. And you support a lot of people who are, trying to do the hustle or at least trying to build a side project. So uh, that's really cool. It 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 does it does take the the village to kind of get this uh, the the whole side project or the side hustle uh, culture out, right? It's it's uh, yes. it's not uh it's, it yeah anyway, really appreciate that that bit that you do.
0: So no, thank you so much. Thank you so much for saying that. That's very sweet of you. Um, But just, you know, kind of coming back to writing and reading, and I know you said you started out with, you know, writing about the books you were reading, but interestingly, you also, I think, write about a lot of life-related things or even, you know, personal experiences. So I wonder, and this is something, the reason I'm asking is because you see a lot of quote unquote influencers these days or people who are just, I guess, posting every single thing about their life. And I'm not saying you post every single thing, but you do, do, I guess, have these thoughts sometimes about, oh, you know, like I want to talk about, and it can be very simple concepts. You're sometimes talking about, oh, waiting or, you know, letting go of something, pursuing something, consistency. And you talk about it with regard to your own personal experiences, which I love. But I do wonder, do you ever sometimes feel that maybe you're overexposing yourself with the content you put out? Do you feel like, oh, no, maybe I'm being too vulnerable here. Maybe I shouldn't put out too much. I, You know, I don't want maybe unnecessary attention for maybe certain yeah. opinions I'm putting out or saying. I'm just wondering, yeah. does that ever well, come that's
1: you? Uh, 100% you're super conscious when you share stuff about your own life. And for a long time in my writing, if you see that the personal experience sharing only started recently, Right. um and in fact it's it's not it's not been something that i started out with and and i feel like there's still a guard that i have between what i write and what what i experience uh, and i'm not being fully disclosury uh in that aspect i try to dig- keep it to the learnings and and i feel like that's a fine balance i feel right. like but but giving context is helpful so Definitely. when you're uh that's just for the reader right but for your own self as well so so there's two two parts to this for myself i i actually don't like to think about being judged about my writing, and I don't care, Mm -hmm. Um, that's the truth, right? So um, I like it that people talk about it. Uh, It's great if people tell me that they like something and that'll make my day. Uh, But I'm not saying that I love criticism as well because then that improves you as a writer. Uh, But then when somebody is, uh, you know, when you're just trying to write and when the intentions are just to kind of build that as a habit, and if you have, personal context you want to give I don't judge myself right. uh, I feel like it's it's a canvas and you you need to be free so um, I don't I don't weigh too much into okay whatever I say uh, that's not true so, so so there's there's the God as well right I'm not right. I'm not exposing myself fully because I'm, I'm a little conscious I'm, I'm not comfortable with uh, telling people exactly the experience right um, and to that extent, a lot of people, in fact, have told me that, hey, you don't share too much, but you don't make it too personal. You're just sticking mm. to the learnings. Um, so I'm like, okay. So that's why I feel like over the years, I've I've started to have more personal context so okay. that the learnings make sense, because sometimes it's just a bunch of learnings and that, that doesn't really help, right? Yeah, and sure. you're right about, I write I write a lot about what I think, it's, it's either one of the two things, I write either what about what I'm reading, about what i'm thinking and most of this ends up being in the area of business psychology right um, and sometimes tech even and uh, you know i'm trying to do more of that so you know this is my verbal commitment to say hey i do want to write more about tech and so you know just putting it out there so you know that's that's another exercise you can use too and that's why i post stuff because hmm. uh, i at least started with that intention that public commitments are strong they keep you on check uh but now it's I think it would happen. I'm confident that it would happen even if the public uh, forum did not exist um but you know it does does definitely today uh it's difficult to talk life without social media it's just uh, i'm I'm not saying it's a part of you, but uh, there's so much to it that influences our behavior and if you're self aware you'll know what why you do what you do um anyway, hoping that that influence reduces and you're doing things for the real reason unless less for that's uh, for the frills but uh, yeah we live and we learn
0: no but no because I think it's amazing that you are able to kind of uh, be vulnerable through your writing as well because it's it's not easy to do first of all it's very scary to put your writing out there because when you put something out in a public domain you know it's going to get judged regardless good or bad It it is going to get some opinion of some nature and then you know to kind of put your guard down and say, hey, okay, you know, why don't I share my life experiences also? Because you never know who's going to relate and it may actually help someone. In a lot of cases, it does also. So um, it's very brave of you to do that. But I mean, I ask this again, like I said, because I know a lot of people do have this fear of, you know, putting things out because, you know, you never know what the internet is going to give you for something you've said or posted or whatever. But no, I mean, more credit What
1: about you? Have you, have you... uh experienced criticism that has uh, kind of put you down and not or mm. have you shared too much that you felt uh, criticized about or do you not share too much at all
0: so okay so i started a newsletter earlier this year and oh, yeah uh, yeah so it's it's called should,
1: yeah so so i love that by the way
0: thank you yeah, it's called it's called the moody, the moody mail
1: newsletter the, the moody mail,
0: mail. yes yeah. it's on substack Listen, nice. girls, please subscribe if you're interested <laughs> shameless plug 100 (laughs) percent
1: yeah link it in the show notes and and yeah so yeah you you do okay that but that's been a more recent phenomenon
0: definitely so I think that's when I just decided okay you know what if I share a newsletter every month where I talk about you know content I've consumed and just generally things I'm doing professionally but also you know just thoughts I have in life and maybe my own personal experiences and whatnot. Um, Because I realized even when I was writing the first newsletter, if it's going to be a recap of my month, I can't separate my personal life from it. And the way I wanted that newsletter to be was almost like this monthly mail you get from a friend who's away. So almost like a pen pal, but in this case you know my identity so yeah um so i just couldn't separate the two and i was like you know what it's okay if i feel like putting something from my personal life here i'll share it and initially i wasn't like i didn't get any criticism but i know there was this one specific newsletter um i shared where i had taken a break for i think two or three months and i just sent it in two parts and i shared the reason why you know i wasn't able to send it because i was going through a really low phase and i I spoke about work-life balance and not exactly depression, but mental health in general. And I spoke about, um, you know, menstruation and PMS. And there were a lot of women who actually reached out to me after that, which I think really, it really, you know, touched me in a sense that, wow, I never realized that this is the power of words, you know where you put something out and then suddenly you have people reaching out and saying, hey, you know, thank you so much for sharing this or I relate so much to what you're saying. And the only reason I put it out is because it was a reality for me. It still is a reality for me. And also just the fact that it doesn't get spoken about much. And I felt like, okay, you know, I think this is something that needs to be spoken about. And I won't lie, I did have a little bit of fear because I didn't know how it was going to be received. Granted, it's 2021, but you never know like how people might react. But people were very nice about it and I got some really like sweet comments for what I had written. So, yeah. So that's been that's my so experience. Nice. Now. Yeah.
1: Love it. Love that answer. Yeah. I I, I think um, the the building the community bit, right? Writing allows you to achieve that because then you're, it's a great way to just communicate. Um, good old writing. I you know, Ashna, who's, it's difficult to get used to the word wife, but yeah, we're married now. So um, it's, you know, I, I tell her that sometimes the best communications we've had is when we've text, we've typed things out. And, you know, it's not when we've, I mean, conversations, yes, but but what words do, and when you read and when you reflect, it's a great way to stay in touch with yourself as well. So journaling, right? It's, it's such a helpful way to Uh, Visualize things that you're thinking, or even write things that 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 sometimes you don't even know what you're thinking. Uh, And a lot of us have to first articulate that for ourselves before we do it for the world. And uh, I think that's uh, that's a helpful exercise. Anyway, I'll I'll stop preaching.
0: No, 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 that's fine. I should that was a very uh, I don't know if it was a heavy conversation, but I think it was an important conversation. So I'm glad we had it. Um, but just kind of coming back to reading and writing, um, so I know you said you only started reading about seven, eight years ago, and you also started writing around the same time. So then, you know, I wonder, and I know a lot of people have opinions, different opinions about this, but I want to know your opinion on this. Do you think it's important to be a reader, to be a writer?
1: Um, yes, yes. There's no question about that. I think reading and writing go hand in hand. Um, I mean, if yeah, this reminds me of Theodore Roosevelt, I think it was him uh, who's, I think the 26th president of the United States. He said, if, uh, not every reader is a leader, but every leader is a reader, right? So it's, it's mostly, and that, that kind of puts things, uh, I like the part of that because it's super pithy. It's shock, but it tells you that, Hey, uh, The the only common thing between most successful people is that they read. And there's a reason for it because um, they've realized or I I believe that, uh, you know, that's one perspective. Uh, And I think for me personally, writing would be more difficult if I didn't read. So the rhythm of writing happens and gives you more variety to talk about because reading gives you more things to think about. So it's a constant flywheel, right? I think it's a symbiotic relationship that reading and writing have in my life. And I like to do both of each. So you, you consume enough and you create enough. Uh, that balance is so important because the consumption and creation balance is important, and but both foster each other because if you can't consume, you can't create. And if you can't create, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to fall into the trap of words here, but but you get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I do... I kind of agree with that. So I think I'm from a slightly more hybrid school of thought, I guess. Um, I think yeah. to write, you don't necessarily have to read. And I'll tell you why. Because I think to be a writer, you just need to be perceptive. That's the first thing. And I'm saying this is purely just to write. If any, anyone can write. So if even if you're someone who suddenly observes something in life or even your surroundings or even if you're like, say, someone who just watches film or listens to audio, like listens to podcasts, and you're still consuming content, you're still being perceptive to, you know, things around you, to information. And if you have the ability to absorb, say, certain thoughts and information, I think you do have the ability to still put that out um, through writing or any other medium. The reason I say writing, because I feel like writing is the basis for most of those you know, other forms of content, be it, again, film or podcast or whatever. You do script. You do write it down first before executing it. That's the first thing you do with your idea, usually. Um, But also having said that, I think to be a good writer, it's important to read because reading is what also teaches you technique and you can learn so much in terms of, you know, um, again, like you said, just different thoughts, different learnings, even the way they've, like, written things down and articulated themselves. So... I, I think I'm more of that school of thought, but no, I completely agree with the fact that reading is important. You can't take it away for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's a helpful uh, nudge because uh, I don't I don't mean to mean to be ext- uh, extremely black and white in my answer that no, if you don't read, yeah, you cannot yeah, write at all. Uh, I think that, as you said, you you said it better than I could that to be good at writing, you need to you need to read. So uh, I feel like that that helps it it aids it in a beautiful way. You because you find different styles. Uh, different genres and and you take the best bits of all the authors that you like subconsciously even. Um, so yeah anywhere.
0: no no for sure but um, I think then also the other thing is since you have been writing twice a week now how do you keep up the consistency because I do imagine there are days where you know you're not feeling it and I think this is where my question of say writer's block versus burnout comes in because when do you know when you're sitting to write that you're facing writer's block or if you're genuinely just exhausted and you decide that okay I need to take a break now or then you just say no no this is just a block um I just need to sit here in front of you know my laptop or, or whatever and just type out whatever I need to how do you make that differentiation just generally what is your take on writer's block versus burnout
1: sure um, yeah, again, it's not a black and white answer for me. It's a little more nuanced. Um, I I I think that, you know, there's seasons of writing intensity that everybody goes through. and uh, mm-hmm. there's periods in my year that I will you will see that I, I write longer pieces, I have more time to write. Um, and there'll be there'll be a couple of weeks, couple of months, even sometimes that uh you're not you're not very good with the you know you've not done enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you know that, but you're okay because you want to put something out there. So it's um so so overall i think i'd love for things to be super consistent on a weekly basis but the truth is that it's not especially with the job with the it's been new it's uh, i'm new in my role so mm. a lot of my time is going there so you know the past couple of weeks i haven't been very good um and i don't and i stopped criticizing myself for that i realized that it's the, just the rhythm of the year and yeah. you'll figure it out so don't be so hard on yourself Uh that's number one don't be hard on yourself because it's okay Uh, make a make a commitment if you can't show up don't beat yourself up try to try to do better next time right and um i think with writer's block this is a resistance right everybody has resistance to do anything that is involving any mental or physical effort like if it's exercise writing or reading you're gonna your your mind is or your amygdala or your lizard brain or whatever is going to try to be comfortable sneak in go get cozy Uh, so it's about listening to that voice and telling it that, you know, shut up. I need to do <laughs> yeah. what I need to do. So Seth Godin says this, right? The lizard brain just keeps talking and you, you need to ask yeah. it to shut up when it needs to. So I, I feel like when it, it's easier said than done, I mean, I'm not, there's no voice that you're talking to and you're not like, hey, shut up and you're done. You, yeah. you, you write, block is boom, it's gone. You can write, no, that doesn't happen. But knowing that helps because the resistance actually never goes away. Mm. Um, the second bit is I think breaks in routine are also helpful. Right. Uh, I was in I was in the US for a month, and I I was traveling states, and I was writing, and the things I was writing about was was more uh, based off my travels, and, and it gave me a different perspective to my whole thing. So You pick up another uh, mm-hmm. w- way of thinking about your content. So, but don't do that too often because embracing the routine is also a part of the phenomenon. Is right, right? So right. you need to stick to a routine to be able to show up, uh, but also don't be so obsessed with it that you're, you're chained like a dog. Yeah. Right. It's about maintaining that balance and saying, okay, I wanna write, I wanna write about things that I feel are meaningful. And uh, there is gonna be the block, there is gonna be the resistance, but you gotta somehow show up. And and those days you cheat, you put a quote in and you say you like that quote, uh and, and that makes a post. <laughs> but uh, whatever, man, like you gotta just keep the flywheel going, I think.
0: For sure. um,
1: and and it's yeah, and Seth Gordon says this, Steven Stephen Pressfield actually he writes a lot on resistance i love the guy he's uh he just puts things straight and simple he says this is the human body we evolve yes but the few parts of us are fundamentally screwed realizing that helps and then then working from there helps Uh, so if people want to read more on resistance steven Pressfield is a great person to to uh, start with
0: yeah for sure no, but that's, yeah. no, I do agree because I know writer's block is something I struggle with uh, quite a bit sometimes because I end up doing, because now with the podcast and even just certain freelance work and proj- personal projects I'm taking up, I do find it difficult. Sometimes. You're writing so much more than me.
1: Like, it's <laughs> insane. like uh, your newsletters are so nicely uh, laid out and then you also do your poetry and your kind of creating this podcast. So that's that's amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying. How, how do you get through the blog?
0: Uh, I don't. That's the thing. <laughs> because mm. I feel like and this was a conversation I actually had in episode one um with Mega Vasudevan, who's also a writer and she's primarily a graphic designer. I listened but,
1: to that episode. I really liked it. Yeah. 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 So we spoke I like, about like a the, the bit about what uh, we spoke about uh, the Alison Wonderland book.
0: In yeah. Yes, we yeah. did.
1: And and I wish I was so jealous. I'm like, oh, I missed all of that in my life <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> no, so we were talking about uh, creative burnout and you know she said that usually when you are going through a burnout because when you are a creative professional so to speak and if you're writing 24 you're essentially doing something you love in your personal time professionally. So then you kind of end up doing it 24-7 and that can really cause burnout. Now that's a different level of, you know, burnout, so to speak. And she was saying basically, if you go through it, just don't do it do everything else but that because you need to distract your mind you need to take a break from it and then come back because you never know where else you're going to get inspiration from you just maybe need a prompt to help you kind of you know ignite that fire once more and I completely agree with her because there are times you know I have beaten myself up for not being able to produce content and I have had to like stop myself and say hey you know You've been doing this for a while now. Maybe you need to take a break. Maybe you're just getting drained out. Maybe your creative stamina is a little low now. So, you know, take a step back, do something else, come back to it later. So that's definitely a challenge. So I think with me, that's how I do it. Um, Hoping to get better at dealing with it because I'm still pretty new at this. I've only been doing this for about a year. So, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. Hopefully, I'll get better as the days go by. But I know you're extremely... no, but you're extremely consistent because, and I've told you this before, because even I know you write a newsletter, uh, which I read and I love that you're so consistent. And each time I see your newsletter, Ashwin, I'm literally thinking, oh my God, I have not sent my newsletter this month. I have not read as oh many God. books. And,
1: and we, I think we discussed, we discussed this before. with time I get yours, make sure like, should I need to send mine? Uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's good. We, um, It's one, um, I, I'm not sure the consistency is a co- consequence of um, the effort or, you know, it's just the decision to stay consistent. I, I feel like a, lo- a lot of it is that just don't give yourself too many uh, excuses to fall out of it, like just put right. it on the calendar that helps. And that being said, like, I still, I still don't send it every month as like, uh, over the I, I started last year, but I, I gave it a year's break. So mm-hmm. I've not been so consistent as much as I'd have liked to it either. And the, the truth is that you just try to be better and you yeah. know just and you know just um kind of keep at it and then you, you you'll keep keep getting there yeah but reading reading list the, the newsletter sangeeta is talking about by the way guys is is uh, we shown out it below and it's it's just about the books i read in the month and i summarize them and send it out to a bunch of people uh, i think i have about 300 subscribers now but um uh, like 60 to 80 people from that open the open the email um anyway um so so that's 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 basically you know um summarizing three or four books that i read in the month sometimes just one book um or sometimes saying hey i didn't read anything this is a podcast i listen to so it's uh it's one month one month uh one email a month and it's, uh, you know it helps me stay consistent more than anything it just is a decision to again one of those things that Okay, if I have to send this book list out. Then I have to read. Then I have to say something. Then, you know, it, it may sound like I'm calculating too many things, but honestly, it works for me. And uh, once you just have that in your head, like you kind of you know, reading and writing are key, and running as well. So I like to I like to keep systems for these, and I make sure I'm doing enough of it uh, because it it actually makes me happy. So I realize mm-hmm. that, and then then you make a rule for doing things you want to be yeah happy for sure but, yeah.
0: And that's the most important yeah. thing. I think as long as you are happy and you're like, okay, you know, I'm satisfied with what's going on. This is, I'm being productive. I'm being happy at my you know, own pace and what's working for me. Then I think that's the most important thing, you know? Um, so, so true. I, <laughs> it's so
1: simple, but so difficult to do. <laughs>
0: so I, oh, for sure. I think that's, that's adulting. That's I think more than adulting, that's just life in general, I feel. But yeah, true. I think uh, just sort of, um, you know, going on the reading uh, tangent, because I know you do read a lot of nonfiction more than fiction, but I was curious to know, you know, what are some stories that may have possibly impacted you? It could be fiction or even, you know, from your nonfiction books or just other content you've consumed. What are, you know, some things that have really impacted you? Uh,
1: you know, fiction wise, actually, uh, fiction has inspired me more than nonfiction, believe it or not. Uh, I've read a few fictions that, that have hit me harder than most nonfictions I've read. This is Illusions by Richard Bach, uh, uh, Jonathan Livingston Siegel by I forget the author's name, uh, but uh it's and, and then you know Siddhartha by Herman Heshe, the German version. Um so so you know, the stories I, I think um that, that I remember from reading books is is more uh, philosophical so I love the JLS story by the way uh, it's the seagull that is in a tribe of seagulls uh, seagull is is just a bird that can fly but not not higher than a particular le- limit um, but you know it's essentially these the seagulls together were were flying but there's one seagull who figured out that hey he can fly higher or he or she can fly higher and then he, they tell that they I mean he, she, let's say it's a he he tells the the bunch of seagulls that hey I found this way uh, do do you want to join me? And none of the seagulls agree. Uh, and it's insane how um, he is trying to push. Um, I might might be spoiling it for the readers, but I'll try not to. So so that story is hot because eventually what he did was he kind of brought a lot of seagulls and real helped them realize their potential. Uh, and that's insane because it's all in the mind, and uh, they, they they figured out everything was in their mind, and they could actually go higher than they they actually they thought. So that's one story. That's fun. Uh, another one I like is Night Train to Lisbon. That's a fiction. Okay. Uh, it's just about a teacher, a professor in Lisbon who travels and falls in love with this lady in in Sweden, and she's Swiss. And you know, just the whole okay. whole story uh, is so fascinating. It's by Pascal Mercier. It's a phenomenal book. Uh, and uh, yeah, another uh, another nonfiction I like is uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, his his stories. Uh, there's, there's a lot of stories that he plugs in. Uh, now and then, but uh, GLS, Johnson, Livingston, Siegel, um and, uh, you know, Pascal Mercier's Night Train to Lisbon, uh, there's these stories that keep hitting me, and, and I like, and that's another reason why I read, because I like stories, and then, you know, that's why I like fiction, so um, I used to do one fiction for every four non-fictions, but now I'm doing one fiction for every two non-fictions, so uh, in a year, I'm at least reading six, not, six fictions that way, so, you know, I recently read The Vanishing Half by... Uh, Britt Bennett, right. a phenomenal book, and now reading Anxious People by Frederick Backman.
0: So, oh, that's supposed um, to be a really good book, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's lying in my bookshelf. So I actually haven't uh, gotten to it, but uh, I read like 20 pages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's no, fun. But,
0: it's- no, but that's amazing. Um, And great book recommendations, which I'm definitely going to note down and look them up and see what I want to read from that for sure. Um, But no, that's... It, you know, it always makes me so happy just to kind of hear people talk about you know stories that have really stayed with them and impacted them i love listening to this so thank you so much for sharing uh about you no, of
1: course'm I'm, I'm glad and and you know this i say that there's one story that exists and then the the, the story we tell ourselves uh this is the story i'm telling myself so this is how i perceive uh you know reality as of day and um there's so much i'm missing and we're all missing so that's um, yeah. the only yeah anyway but thanks for <laughs> thanks for giving me an opportunity to to get better with my own narrative so
0: no thank you so much but I think okay just shifting gears a bit now um, yeah. so I know you mentioned this in the beginning where you said you weren't going through a very good period in between you're going through a rough patch so to speak Um, you and I have had a personal conversation about this and I think it's very inspiring because the way you've come out of it and where you are today, because it's not easy for anyone to get themselves out of any kind of low face. It takes a lot of strength and courage. Um, I think it'd be really great to hear you share your story because I think especially in today's day and age, where you only where people only show the good things that happen, the amazing things that happen... Uh, and that's fine, but no one really goes into what a person may have gone through to get to where they are or to reach the amazing thing that happened to them. Because the overnight success is not always an overnight success. There is a lot of, there is a period of um, turmoil and, you know, sort of hardship that has been gone through to reach there, uh, so to speak. So I would love to hear, you know, your story.
1: No, of course. Thanks, Angeet. I think... Uh you know you're being too kind here i i personally think you know the disclaimer is that you try your best and you know and i kind of leave the rest and a lot a lot of things have to play in favor for things to work out so um uh, with that i mean with that knowledge i feel like you know the low point in my life was uh, that period right when i said i was figuring it out and and i also think that was the high point because that's when i realized that hey i need to take control of my life Uh, and if that didn't happen and I would just kind of let life happen to me. Uh, I, I I quit a job. I quit chartered accountancy. I um, didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Also, um, I think it was a rough breakup. Um, there was just basically my mom and dad thought I was working. And then I was at Deloitte for, uh, I, was, I was working with Deloitte, but I quit for three months and my parents didn't know. Uh, so there was a lot going on. And you know that's why struggles, struggle periods are actually the best periods because you you learn so much from it, and that's that's you you kind of level up, if I may, and and so that that helped me take control of life and know that hey, there's nobody else that's gonna uh, you gotta back yourself up, and and that led to the nonfiction, right? So uh, I think I think that the the struggles are everybody has troubles just different kinds right. for me it may be family for me it may be growing up in in a in an atmosphere that wasn't so abundant uh, it was just uh, you know very fixated that yeah this is the way we do things and that's it right and and you know get married by this age stay here like, do this job uh, and i hated it and then right. and even working in in a country like india i love india uh, but but you know the work culture in india is is has to see a lot of improvement uh, and, right. and you know, I'm I'm hoping to you know I, I influenced it as much as I could while I was there, and I, right. I'm hoping to do more of it uh, eventually. Uh, and and the, the the dream is that you work with people, not for people, uh, mm. right? And so that that's that's the lens that uh, you know a lot of developing nations uh, are still getting to, um, the the working with people instead right. of for. Um, and and I, I think that's that's another bit that you know the struggle period of professionalism I felt like uh, there, there was a lot of things I didn't like about the way I was being treated right mm. uh, and so just both of those put things put together you you realize that hey you can do better and you can I mean you, not not about better you ask yourself what you want yeah right and then take that hard decision of pursuing what you want because there's no use of trying to be in the herd when you don't like it. Uh, if you like it then great then you know
0: mm. have fun
1: but if you don't like it then don't go with it right, right. so I, I step out and join another one if, if that's yours right so so we're just finding a tribe and and realizing okay yeah and, and you it's that's a constant process because every two three years you can you can be wanting to be in a different tribe
0: mm. right? and and, and, and hence
1: you're, you have to restock and, and that's why it's a constant learning and i feel like and 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 the 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 last bit that is the most important bit is having fun with it Uh, i think uh, you know the struggles that that you get back to your question about you know what what struggles did i have it was it was family it was professional uh it was both making me feel a little claustrophobic Mm. Um, and and beyond that point, uh, you you just find a way to, to get out. Like it's it's almost like desperate times call for desperate measures. Right. You just find a way to a way to make your. Uh, and I, I and I don't mean to say it in a very disrespectful way to my of situation. Course. Then I, I appreciate it. But I mean, there's so many things that went right for me, uh, but there's a few things that, that weren't, and I wanted to fix them. And I said, hey, I'm taking control. And I'm I'm doing what it takes to to make that happen. But that's one part of the story. The second bit is things have to work out. So right. you know it's a patience game as well, and and a lot of things that may seem great on the outside are not actually right. Everybody has their own struggles, and that's just realizing. Um, and each one of every person listening to this probably has their own. And so it's just about identifying that, not being bogged down by it, but instead using it as fuel to to yeah. do better or to to kind of just change your reality uh, and just be prouder of yourself. So. That's uh, that, that's just my lens to it. So, yeah,
0: yeah, and you should be very proud of yourself because you've come a really long way. Um, so I have a lot I'm of respect. You're
1: kind. <laughs> you're too kind. You're too kind.
0: No, no, but I do. But, I have yeah. a lot of respect for you, uh, and for you and, know I, I where comes, you are And today. This, this mentality, no, thank you. This mentality and this
1: actually this mindset is not mine, right? It's 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 popular, and uh, I I feel like a lot of people in my own in my own circle have that and you Mm -hmm. kind of get inspired by you know just the mindset of people around you as well so it's about asking um if the abundance mentality is around people with you Uh, yeah and 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 sometimes it's not then you influence it don't be don't try to leave your uh, people behind right it's not about it's about lifting people together like move move the move the wheel together right it's um and that's that's a part of the whole um thing the abundance mentality is so crucial and and for for me to have found it, it feels like I I struck gold. And mm. then it's not it's not really too expensive. It's, it's not even yeah it's not doesn't cost money. Right. So, uh, but but mindsets are the hardest to build, even Definitely. more than earning money. So you know you kind of but it's possible uh, and it's in your control. So uh, yeah, I sound like a I sound like a uh, an obsessive person. So I'll stop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. I think that's uh that's much needed. People definitely need to um hear this for sure. Um no matter how hard things get, I think you will I know this is easier said than done, but you will eventually find your silver lining and you'll get out, get through it somehow. Uh that's what I believe in. And I know yeah, just keep trying. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, just just as they say, as the going gets tough, the tough get going. So Get, you know, yeah. just be as strong as you can and get through it. And I'm sure you will. Um, Love that. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I think now shifting to a slightly more lighter note now. Um, For sure. I know that you've been podcasting even before podcasting was a cool thing to do. Um, because now everyone's like, oh, I'll be a podcaster. I'll start a podcast show. And almost everyone is, including me. But you have been doing, been doing it. So well, <laughs> I mean, uh, hopefully, time will tell. But no, you've been doing this, I think, what, for the past five, six years or more than that?
1: Y- yeah, yeah? I, think, I think my first podcast was uh, News on the Go, which was uh, back in 2017. Uh, no, 2016. 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It was, uh, you know, a daily, it was on SoundCloud, uh, back when SoundCloud was cool. And uh, it was called N-O-T-G News on the Go. And the the reason why I launched it was because I didn't have anyone do an audio news. Like I was like, I want to catch up on what's happening in the world, but I don't have time to read, not time to read, but, you know, just in transit, like I just want to plug in and know what's happening in the world. But funnily enough, there was all these BBC podcasts of one hour long episodes. I said, is there something for like five minutes? but no. And I said, okay, let me let me create it. And um, it's also a part of learning, right? So then I used to spend six to seven every morning for, I did this for a year and a half. So every wow. Monday to Friday, between 6am to 7am, I used to summarize world news. So it used to be six to 6.30, read three newsletters, digest them, and not not like, like go full in, but really read, read what's happening in Iran, what's happening in, in uh, Siberia, what's happening in, in the US, and give me a whole context of the global Uh, geopolitical sense, knowing which country works with what governments. And I just started with, I think it was uh, something June 2016. And when I go back to that episode, I'm just like, I don't know anything. And then when I'm talking in June 2017, I know so much more because every day I've been uh, summarizing, learning, and then putting it out in five minutes. So that was super helpful. And that that was podcasting. I just honestly wasn't even podcasting. I was taking a, a phone, like recording, editing, put uploading it on SoundCloud, and then giving the link to people. Uh, I was literally spamming people on WhatsApp, like, hey, today's news, please listen. Like, my family would be forced to listen, so I'll track my stats, and like, 10 plays, great, uh, you know, days made. So, and then from there, I went to, uh, you know, news on the go, itself got super popular, and then went to in-conversation with Ashwin where started creeping up on people and asking them about their life on my show. Uh, you know, it's a great way to just that that was my second podcast. And then I got to Tech Talk with Ria and Ashwin, where it was just about learning about the cloud again from a self-learning mindset. And now I'm doing the Culture Podcast. So that's with another friend. Uh, but yeah, I think podcasts have been more to answer my own learning, similar with mm. reading and writing. It's about, okay, I want to build this up as a skill. Uh, I want to, so the news was just about learning about the world. And, and then, you know, you know, and, and the best part about that news and the Go thing was it made me realize I can never know enough about the world. Because it's right. just too much.
0: Yeah. So oh, you yeah. become
1: automatically like, you're curious, but you know, there's no end to this. So Definitely. You're just yeah, for more sure. and more. So, uh, anyway, that's my whole podcasting thing. Yeah, I, I like it because, uh, you know, a couple of friends as well from the company I used to work at was, uh, he was, he was super helpful, just uh, speaking with me, one of the co-podcasters in the company, I just found him through the network, we connected, he told me about Audacity uh, there was this whole editing feel to the to the to the whole thing, and I like editing generally. I think it's super therapeutic. Uh, I oh take, my god, I take, same. I, I take Sunday evenings out. In fact, this evening is just edit for for the previous episode of uh, Culture Podcast, which I'm working on. So you know, I, I like I like editing. It's just a fun thing I do in the evenings. So that's a part of the whole podcasting thing I like. So you know, if you don't like editing, then you're probably not going to take the effort yeah. to podcast mm-hmm. because it's too much work. <laughs>
0: this is very no. true. I'm learning as I go. But no, I it's so weird, because and I don't know if this is because I've just started this. So I'm literally just three episodes in now. Um, but I have found editing quite therapeutic. There's something very weirdly calming about it when I'm putting those audio tracks together. <laughs> so when you said that, I yeah. was like, Oh, my God, I relate so hard. I know what you're talking about. But there are times where I do get annoyed, because I've just been listening to one section of that track 10 times to figure out how to fix it and then finally when it's out and people are like oh but we couldn't tell there was an issue so i uh, it's a double-edged sword but yeah it's it's hundred no,
1: percent. It, it really is uh, yeah. uh it can get annoying too but it's uh when you have the time and when you actually chalk yeah. out time for it then you have fun with it
0: for sure uh, oh yeah. yeah yeah for sure but how did you even decide to get into audio uh, at that time because I would assume it was still, I think it was still known as maybe audio blogs. I don't know if it was still officially known as, maybe it was known as podcast. I just wasn't aware of it. But, you yeah, know, how yeah. did you just decide to get into audio? Because it, it was a much more niche space at that time as compared to today where it's become so popular and everyone's now listening to audio formats.
1: Yeah, it's funny how people think about popularity in different times. Right. I believe that it was popular back then itself, and a lot of, and a lot of things I believe are popular now, but a lot of people believe popular over two years ago, and that's when you know you you weren't on the front end of the wave, mm. right? And right. so there's the adoption curve that people talk about. It's the uh, I don't know which company released this. Must have been like McKinsey or something. Uh, early adopters, uh,
0: right? Okay, yeah, uh, I know. There's
1: this kind of most the, the majority kind of falls in the sixty percent, and then then there's the laggards, which kind of on the technology later yeah, but much, it's okay yeah. like me on the iphone like a little uh, on a macbook I, I literally got a macbook in me uh so i'm a lagger on on the apple technology uh so with with audio i think what, what, what i was always fascinated by audio i like consuming content with audio i'm into audio books mm. uh I, I, as a kid i can i can bet i had adhd like i couldn't just sit still i would always want to move um so audio was a great way to digest learning so uh, and also made me stay consistent with habits because reading through audio helped me actually read more books and read them better okay. uh, as opposed to if I took a physical book and sat down. So, you know, audio is a more, more than comfor- comfortable with. It's a great place to just talk and not care.
0: Right. <laughs> so,
1: like I, you, I, if it's not clear or evident already, I like talking. So <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's just one of those things that naturally fall in my comfort zone. And it just led to okay, me me naturally gravitating towards it as a media of consumption as well as creation. So kind of both of that happened together.
0: No, but uh, the, yeah, actually, now when you talk about it, that does make sense. That's true. Things you may have considered popular back then are possibly not considered popular by other people, and then yeah, suddenly...
1: actually, you're right. The Poet podcast wasn't so popular back then. I think it was more like i'm on soundcloud or you know i have a thing on soundcloud it's like a like a i don't know an album i'm not even sure like yeah it was just yeah. an audio byte correct i used to call them audio bites. uh and then and then slowly when spotify and everybody all started talking because right. it became like more famous uh but yeah in between there was a phase when podcast word was popular but spotify still wasn't on it yeah and that, that, that's when a lot of people got in and you probably heard about it then too so um,
0: Yeah, because um, I, I think I only got into the whole listening to podcast uh, space in during the pandemic in lockdown, I think that's when a lot of people got into it. And that's possibly one of the bigger reasons why it's blown up so much today. Because, again, people have just been consuming content, people have been producing so much content. Uh, which is insane and yeah it's it's been a really interesting space and I'm really curious to see you know where podcasting goes in India especially because it's so nascent here I think so yeah definitely curious to see I, I would know. argue
1: it's, yeah it, it is nascent yes but it's it's super I feel like it's it's a great great place to be but it's also definitely. saturated to a few extent oh for sure it has to evolve on a lot of other business elements in india for sure um, north america for sure is more mature uh and india has a lot of opportunity uh, yeah but i don't believe by any means that you should not launch a podcast because yeah oh yeah you know that's the popular opinion that oh don't launch a podcast or oh, not another podcast but <laughs> hey i i think that's that that's again like what's your motivation behind the podcast exactly. why do you want to launch it do you want listener base do you want to actually make money off of it then you you really have to be solid on that because yes it is saturated in that sense but if you're doing it just to to build a habit and to put content out there then then your metrics and your motivations are different so stop listening to the market because you're not playing to the market anywhere Um, no that's very true that That
0: yeah, that's very true. Because I think the other notion people have is that, oh, you know, I'll start putting out a podcast and suddenly a network will pick me up and, you know, it'll be all easy from there. But that's not really how it works. If, Like you said, if you're not making it for the right reasons, then it's uh, listeners are also I think very smart audiences are very smart like they can pick up when something's authentic and when something's not so it is very important you know to do things for the right reasons I completely agree with you there for sure yeah
1: yeah, yeah. 100% your why is important like just knowing your why is important
0: for sure for sure um, so I think we're now coming towards the end of this interview yeah. and we oh always no. end <laughs> yes oh, sorry, I know this is very sad but we always end with these last two questions. Um, the first one being, uh, "What are your aspirations in life? What are you looking forward to in the near or distant future? Could be anything."
1: Yeah, I'm actually really excited for uh, Ashna to move here to Toronto, uh, Canada. I'm, I'm by myself here, uh, uh, so she's hopefully gonna make it soon. But you know, it's gonna take some time. So that's that's what I'm really looking forward to. Um, the the other thing professionally i feel like it's it's been a new job so i'm excited to uh, do more do better uh and kind of do well actually at the job so you know that's that's something i'm excited to it's been great so far so touch wood it, it just uh, uh that, that 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 is something what else like i feel like i'm always trying to explore travel uh, uh once in a while so i do want to check out a new country i'm really tired of the pandemic and i feel like that's a very responsible thing to say but i do want to get out and actually uh, i've been traveling that's that's again i I'm, i've been responsible too but I've, I've i've seen a lot of the us and i i saw doha this this year uh, which was a super interesting country but i actually want to check out another city or another country just to just for the heck of it uh because I think travel is a great way to learn too. Uh, I love meditating on my travels. I love reading on my travels. So, um, you know, usually coupled, coupling that up or running even in a new city or a new country, um, it just leads, or just going out with friends, like literally it's, it's been ages. So yeah, uh, I'm excited for December because a bunch of us are getting together. Actually, that is what I'm most looking forward to. Um, so re- reverse the hour in December is <laughs> uh, really exciting because I'm coming back home and a lot of my friends, including yourself. Uh, I'm gonna celebrate a lot of weddings uh, uh, in the in including the yours in the most responsible way we can. Uh, I'm trying to sound, trying to be politically correct. Yes, but, you. but also but yeah, we will.
0: Yes, for sure. But also for listeners who might be confused, um, Ashna is Ashwin's wife, uh, who's also yes. a, a friend of mine, and who I will also be interviewing later in this season because she's doing some amazing work as well. Um, oh yeah. But yes, <laughs> but yeah. Um, final question. Um, what is a piece of advice or learning you'd like to share people, something you wish people just knew more about? It could be like your own personal learning. It could even be professional or creative, anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it is just being kind to yourself. Mm. I think that's important. Uh, and I know that's very cliche advice. A lot of people tell you that, and, and the more, and the reason behind that is, um, I think a lot of what we do is a consequence of the relationship we have with ourselves right. and that's, that's so important. So how we treat ourselves is, is eventually representative of how we treat others. And so if we don't take enough time to treat ourselves, right, then it doesn't, it really doesn't trickle down. So I feel like just treat yourself well and, you know, yeah you do want to do things try to get them and and you know about reading writing whatever you want to do right whatever your passion your calling is that's way i look at it i'm I'm not trying to impress anybody i'm just trying to uh, do what i can do best to impress myself so i think that's more controllable and that's more in your control than um, a lot of non-controllables around you that if you start investing efforts into then the outcomes of it are not as determinable as if you just back yourself up for them so anyway that's that's my uh, yeah that, that's helped me because uh, that's the lens I always try to take
0: yeah no and that's that is an important one um because I yeah, think earlier, some... earlier
1: you, you you become too self-critical and then, then you stunt that growth and then you you know you don't actually get on the train you're just on the last uh bit of the journey and then you're, you're out or you in the first bit of the journey and you're out yeah. Um, yeah yeah you're not traveling the, the whole journey the whole journey is about realizing that kindness actually accelerates the process instead of starting it That's or at true. least allows the process to continue as opposed to just
0: Definitely. you know putting a
1: stop to it yeah no so I... take a break uh get out travel walk do whatever you can within within your influence to to be kind to yourself so
0: Yes, I completely agree with that um, because I'm very self-critical myself. So I completely understand it is important to, you know, stop, look back and say, hey, you know what? I think I've come really far. I've not done too bad. It's OK. Maybe, yes, I could have done better, but it's fine. Let's just appreciate what we have around us. And I think that is extremely important. Um, but yeah, with that, we have now come to the end of this interview. Um, oh, thank I love you. Thank, <laughs> you
1: thank you for for having me. Uh, no, episode, thank you great so much for great
0: being here. It's been amazing. Uh, I'm I've so glad. You
1: so much work in terms of editing. Like the okay. bulk of content.
0: <laughs> no, uh, it's okay. We'll uh, we'll figure it out. Um, guys, if you can figure the edits on this, uh let me know. If you can't, then that means I'm clearly doing better at editing. You're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, no, I,
1: I I listened to the the first episode. It was really well done. So I'm very sure uh, you've only gotten better. So
0: oh, uh, mm, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Thank you so much. But no, thank you so much for being here, Ashwin. It's a pleasure talking to you.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for having me.
0: So that was my conversation with Ashwin Chabria. I'm definitely checking out all his book recommendations and updating my reading list. I really enjoyed exchanging perspectives on vulnerability, writer's block, burnout, and showing more kindness to oneself. But more than anything, I just felt really good after this conversation. And I think you will too. Closing this episode with a blog piece written and narrated by Ashwin. I hope you enjoyed the show and I'll see you next week with a new guest and a new chronicle to share. Talk soon.
1: The abundance mindset. Abundance is more of a mindset before it becomes an actuality. It comes more from the belief that we can all win. It comes from the belief that this is not a dog-eat-dog world. It comes from helping and supporting people who are doing good work around us. It comes from wishing well and knowing that we too will succeed in our time and right. It comes from the belief that win-win is possible. It comes from walking away in situations that make us feel excessively obligated. It comes from knowing that life has a funny yet legit way to reward our efforts. It comes from not having a pressure to appear kind with words and instead focus on doing kind things. The abundance mentality is ironically scarce. But when we realize that it trumps the scarcity mindset, there's no looking back.